This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Knowledge at Wharton on Business Radio. Here's your host, Dan Loney. Well, the concept of the sharing economy is one growing here in the United States with companies like Warby Parker leading the way. But what about other parts of the world? And what about in a country like Cuba? Jillian Manis is managing partner at Structure Capital. And the sharing economy is something that she believes could be kind of an important feature for the growing economy in Cuba in the years to come. Welcome. Thank you. Great to have you here. Thank you. Explain where where the concept, the linking between sharing economy and Cuba kind of came from for you. Actually, it's really not much of a link. Okay. It's really organic. Okay. I perceive Cuba as being almost the first iteration of the sharing economy because it's already a sharing mentality. Okay. Because unlike any other country, nothing has been able to really go into Cuba Right. Yeah. So therefore, anything that they are using has been repurposed. Sure. Right. Yeah. So my my investment thesis of structure capital is investing in underutilized capacity and excess assets. In yeah. other words, doing better with what we have rather than building more, more, more. Yeah. Well, Cuba has never had more, more, more. <laughs> so they've been forced to do better with what they've had. Right. So my thought here is why not build upon that sharing mentality already? Mm-hmm. And I have an idea. How do you play that out, though? Uh, how do we play that out? I simply, well, my, my idea is thus. We, um, I sit on the Duke Engage Board, which okay. is the immersion service program of Duke University. Okay. And one of our programs was to build something called Solar Cyber Cafes. Okay. All right. Okay. So what I'd like to do is take the existing infrastructure, which is limited, as we all know. Mm-hmm. We are yeah. 35 Wi-Fi hotspots in Cuba. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. All right. But let's take... 20 of them. Let's take 10 of them. Let's take them in Havana. Mm -hmm. And let's build solar cyber cafes, a partnership with a solar company, which would, first of all, introduce alternative energy to to Cuba and to the island in a way that would be um, organic, would be supportive. It wouldn't be forced, okay. right? And it would also then, it would not have to be subsidized electricity by the government. Okay. It would just be uh, a natural resource. We would have these cyber cafes would be designated points for internet mm-hmm. and specifically for a marketplace that the government can create, which is what I think we should do, and I'm calling the buyer-barter marketplace. Hmm. So essentially, you would create a marketplace where you would search with I have or I need. Sure, okay. Okay? And either you can buy or you can barter skills. I'm a carpenter. I need a lamp. I will barter my skills. Or a lot, one of our companies in Structured Capital is Totspot. A very big marketplace is children's clothing because children, it's a large turnover. Why not a mother that has a toddler bartering with someone who has an infant who's outgrown the clothes and that has, pass it down, right? And it creates a whole mother community as well of knowledge as well as just the sharing. Now, what if you take that one step further? First of all, by creating this marketplace, you would create data. 
and oh, data sure. is absolutely very important to this Cuban government. As new corporations come in, they would be able to share that data. In fact, even essentially, even sell the data. Mm -hmm. All right. But then you have now a two. You have two-tier currency in Cuba, right? And not tiered, a two-form sure, currency. Yeah. So one of our companies in in structured capital, we built. Um, it was called 99 Gamers, and it was basically the buying and selling of of video games. Okay. okay. But because there are regulations around video games, they couldn't take a percentage of the transaction fees. So they created a virtual currency. And basically, that's what I think we should do with yeah. this marketplace, where they, you can enter by buying for two kooks, let's say. You could buy 20 coins, right. virtual coins. Right. And then you would use those coins in this closed ecosystem to buy and sell whatever you want. It would allow the Cuban government to monitor whatever is being bought sure, and sold, yeah. right? And Which it would create still, revenue. And it's still, it, that piece to it is still something that the Cuban government is, that's going to be very hard for them to let go, yes. is the control and the want to know what the people are doing. That's exactly right. But this is a way to know what the people are doing tenfold. Right. What their behavior are, what their needs are, yeah. how much they are buying, how much they are selling, yeah. what exactly, what is, what are the true resources of the Cuban society, right. right? And I think that this eventually will then create what I would like to see as the consumer class. Okay. And with this consumer class, there will be policy changes. Is there is there any level of a consumer class in Cuba right now? Yeah. Okay. Don't you think? I, well, I mean, you, you see know, so many people that, that have for such a long time that have had basically nothing. Right. And then you've had people at right. the higher end, which have had everything. Yes. And a little, oh. a little bit to some respects, why we don't, what we don't see here in the United States anymore is we don't see that mid-tier as well, much anymore. Well, this is, the consumer class is the middle class. Yeah. This is going to be the creation of the middle class. But yeah. I don't think, there are two points of data here that we should understand. In the last two years, over half a million jobs, okay, half a million sorry, privately owned businesses have opened in Cuba. Right. A half a million that's in the last lot. two years. Yep. That's a lot. So that's entrepreneurialism at its best. Yeah. And then those those businesses then create jobs. Sure. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So already we're, we, this is happening no matter what. Officials are, are projecting that in the next five years, the GDP, half the GDP will be, um, will be uh, created by the private sector. Right. Now, obviously, obviously a very important piece to that is the connectivity. Oh yeah. <laughs> which, no, no, no. Which is which is uh, th that's going to be a hurdle in itself to kind of build that out to you know to because absolutely go from nothing to to the yes. level that you need. Yeah. Okay. So so let's let from what I understand and from what if you talk to the University of Havana, they have tremendous internet. You know, they have very very robust and basically what a lot of people say in Cuba and I can't say who but they say that only 10% of the capabilities is being used right now. So there is so the it's there. It's there. Right. It is definitely there. Right. Now, would they have to obviously build out from that? Of course they will to yeah. really flip the switch, right? So, so it's not but, as bad as, as we keep hearing that, you know, like 1%, 2%. It's, it's the allowance. It's the access to right. the Wi-Fi. It's right. not the, it's not the, uh, it's the ability 
to access. It's not the internet in place. It's not the infrastructure in place. The infrastructure is actually, a lot of it is already in place. Right. Now, they need to build out from that, and they're not going to let just anybody come in, i.e. Google wants sure. to go in, yep. right? Yep. But I think the key to all of this is that we should not be perceived as... In, in this insidious way as coming in and trying to turn on the internet right. and trying to create this communication. And start with a that, revolution. Start a revolution, that's right. <laughs> that's why I'm proposing these cyber cafes. Right. I think this is a way to utilize what is already there, right, and then build upon it and then scale it in a way that the government feels comfortable and it also provides the government with, it's a win-win sure. with both revenues as well as data, which they're going to need. We're talking with Jillian Manis, who's managing partner at Structure Capital. This is Knowledge of Wharton on Sirius XM 111 Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. So doing it with the, the cyber solar model yes. that you talk about, you're talking about also, as you said, doing something and bringing in a technology in solar which is very foreign to them, but doing it in a manner that it's just kind of dipping your toe into the water. That's right. They see how effective it can be, and obviously word gets around, and solar then has the opportunity to grow even farther. With businesses. Exactly. So first entering into the business, right? And yeah. I think that there are a lot of, so, and it seems that judging by the conversation today, that energy is a critical point of investment for Cuba. Right. And so this is a way of introducing it. And, you know, one of the other way, I, I, I would love to see a bridge built from the Silicon Valley to Cuba. Yeah. I was going to ask you, I mean, how big of a factor could a lot of those companies enormous. become? Enormous. Right. Absolutely enormous. I could think of four of our companies that could scale and that could actually expand to Cuba. Now, Cuba is an emerging market. Yeah. I mean, let's yeah. call it that. Yep. Now, it's one that we've never seen before. It's right. a horse of a different color. Sure. But it is an emerging market. Why not use best practices of the way that we have scaled into emerging markets, similar to what I was saying in Togo, to see, and instead of reinventing the wheel, trying to use it in Cuba and just introduce it. I know there are a lot of investors in the Silicon Valley who'd be very, very interested in coming together to try to create more of a disciplined way to to introduce technology, but not in an insidious way, right. but really in supporting what is already there, similar to what I'm saying of the sharing mentality to a sharing economy. But seemingly, it's even more uh, of the tech companies having to kind of learn as to what Cuba is all about, because you said it, it's an emerging economy, mm -hmm. but it's so different from being in Africa or Asia, parts of Asia, you know, yeah. it's, it, it is something that hasn't really been seen before. No, it's a, in a way it's a blank slate, but interestingly yeah. enough, whatever is introduced to Cuba will have a high trajectory, a very fast trajectory, yeah. because they don't know anything other, right? And so whatever you're going to introduce, you're going to have an early adoption, and right. then it's going to very be a rapid a rapid trajectory. Now, rapid. In, in reading some of the things you've talked about, it seems like not only do you believe that, that this concept with the Cyber Solar Cafe can be kind of an opening of the door, but that type of model 
can work with a lot of other businesses as well. Absolutely. I mean, one of the things I would like to see is um, I'd like to build an accelerator in Cuba. Okay. All yeah. right. And we could build it in a way similar to the Singapore model. Okay. All right. However, I would do a Singapore Silicon Valley model. All right. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a combo. There's a combo. I didn't think we'd be talking yeah, about yeah, on the air. Yeah. Yes. Go it's ahead. A, it's a, we're, we're being we're very innovative in Silicon well, Valley. So yeah, I know. <laughs> this is what I'm coming up with. Exactly. So in Singapore, as you know, the government has and funds small accelerators, sure. and yep. they do it through five. Actually, I think it's 30 different investment. Um, f- funding arms. Yeah. There's Vertex, there's Spring, there are numerous other ones. And so they give the entrepreneurs a small bit of money and then yeah. they they create these accelerators, these these buildings, these you know, these these formats for them to share ideas and to mentor each other. And then whatever is created there, then they pilot throughout yeah. Singapore. Right? It's it's absolutely fantastic. Well, why not build an accelerator similar to that in Cuba, sure. where the government provides, but it would be a government providing as well as Silicon Valley, sure. right? Yeah. So it would yeah. be a co-investment model yeah. into a Havana accelerator. The one thing we do know that that whatever happens, it's going to be a learning process, not only for yeah. the government, yeah. but it's going to be a learning process for a lot of people here in the United States as well. No, absolutely. But this is what startup mentality is. It is a learning process. And the number one foundation of business, okay, are relationships. Sure. And we, and the next one is trust. Yeah, absolutely. And those are the two things that we are going to have to foster in Cuba and go in there not to take over Cuba. Right. All right. Not to change Cuba. Work with them. Work with them. Yep. Right. And yep. that's what I really would like to do. Great to meet you. Thanks it's very much for coming over. Jillian Manis, as we mentioned, from Structure Capital. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.